0: You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Monday to you. It's Monday, wow, April the 8th. I got my man Mike Small back. Mike, it's been a long time no speak. How you been, brother?
0: Keith, what's up, my man? Is there really such thing as a happy Monday? I'm curious. Uh, well,
1: for me it is because the Sixers aren't practicing today, <laughs> so <laughs> so I can just sit back. I got and the relax. day job. I got the day job, so yeah, I, I can sit back and just relax. I mean, I didn't find out until last night though that they weren't practicing, so I have to figure out something to write. But you know, today we got a lot to talk about, Mike. I mean. The thing is, last night, the Sixers, because the Boston Celtics lost to the Orlando Magic, the Sixers clinched the third seed. So there are two teams that they'll probably play, and it'll be between Brooklyn or Orlando. So in the first segment, I think we should talk about that, our preference. Um, in the second segment, you know, the Sixers have made an experiment the last two games where they had Jonah Bolden playing the fourth. And he looks well. And, you know, that's a subject that you brought up, too. So we'll, we'll, we'll dissect that a little bit and uh, get your thoughts on it. And then in the third segment, we're going to play a little bit early GM, pre-playoff GM. Who do you bring back? And um, so we'll dissect that. But first things first, Mike, who do you think is who, who would you prefer the Sixers to face in the first round?
0: You know, I think technically you'd probably, if, if you look at just a straight talent basis, you'd probably say you would rather play Brooklyn. But based on matchup and based on seeing Spencer Dinwiddie turn into Michael Jordan every time he plays the Sixers, and D'Angelo Russell somehow is able to you know, put up 30 points, even though he didn't play great last time, he still gives the Sixers a lot of problems. And even though Nick Vucevic is an all-star center, and he can step out and hit the three, and he's he's very very good inside, I'd rather play Orlando than I, than Brooklyn. The Sixers still haven't shown the ability to stop an elite scoring guard. And even though Orlando's got a couple of guys like Terrence Ross that can make some, I would rather play Orlando than than Brooklyn.
1: How about you? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, Brooklyn just has. To me, LaVert, um, den Witte, and uh, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, to me, that's like the three-headed monster that you don't want to face. And then they have, like, athletic, you know, bigs, too. Well, uh, And what they have, the guy, what's his name? Joe Harris, the, the shooter out of uh, Virginia. Um, you know, he can shoot the ball. Yep. And then they have, you know, a rim protector. So, You know, I I would say Orlando. However, the only thing about Orlando that gets me is that, you know, Terrence Ross, he's always been killing the Sixers. But I honestly think if the Sixers, you know, get focused and get motivated, they can beat the Magic. I think they can beat Brooklyn, too. But at the same time, I mean, of all the teams that they could face, (laughs) think about it. These are the two worst teams. I mean, of all of them, like, you know, like Detroit. They would they would beat Detroit, you know Miami. I could see them beating Miami, you know Charlotte. They could get Charlotte, although Charlotte's played them close. But these two teams, even even down to in Indiana, like where's Indiana? Why can't y'all slide down from the Sixers, you know? But <laughs> but you know, but 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 the thing is, it's just that I think that both of them are are tough matchups. Vucevic, if I'm the Sixers. I'm not really concerned about him, and the reason being is he always puts up big numbers against the Sixers, always. But does it really impact the outcome of the game? No. You know, um, D'Angelo Russell, though, however, you know, he's an all-star, but I think that he may not even be the best player on this team. He just happens to be the one that got the all-star nod. And then and then not only that, you know, they're a young team, and they're confident team. And they're not scared of the Sixers. Like, they don't see Joel Embiid and say, oh, my gosh, there's Joel Embiid. Oh, my gosh, there's Jimmy Butler. They're saying, look, man, we're about to climb you. I mean, we're about to dunk on Embiid. We're about to strip Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? This is a team that's playing with house money, so to speak. And to me, that's a little
0: deadly. I agree with you on house money. I mean, everybody thought that they they were – uh, everybody wanted their pick because everybody thought that they were going to be a, a you know a high lottery pick. And they've been really, really good this year. And I think that they have a nice future. I think Kenny Atkins has done a great job with that team. And, you know, I, I, I respect both teams. I think, um, I agree, Detroit would have been a much better matchup, even though Blake Griffin can drop 50 points. They still uh, have a hard time beating the Sixers. But um, I think that Orlando would be a fun matchup. I do think the Brooklyn series. I, I do think the Sixers would beat either of one of those teams in
1: a seven-game series, but it wouldn't be easy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, look, the one thing that you talked about, Blake Griffin, um, you know how he would, de- you know, he would basically—you didn't say it, but he would destroy the Sixers from a point standpoint. But that also helped That also goes into like the second segment a little bit. So now you have a guy like Jonah Bolton playing the four, right? Um, as a backup, you know I don't know how much how many minutes he'll get in the in the playoffs. But then you also pick up a guy like Greg Monroe, who is another live body. I don't know how many minutes he he's going to get, but he can come in and give you fouls. So with that being said, your thoughts on Jonah Bolton going to the four? I like it.
0: Um, I think it's more. Of- more of a natural position for him. And I think what it does is if he's going to play with Bobon or Monroe, his athleticism might be able to help them out. You know, when when Bobon is stuck in his cement shoes under the basket and can't get a center that's popping out, you know, Bolton might be able to, you know, pop right out and, and help out a little bit. I think Jonah's got a lot of athleticism. I think he's improved a ton throughout the year. He still makes a lot of stupid fouls he still makes a lot of stupid mistakes but in the limited time that I watched him the other night in Chicago and that role I think it, it added to the idea of you know when Brett's going to go with, with Boban or even Monroe um, I don't think Amir is even an option at this point no.
1: uh, I think that, that having Jonah there is going to be pretty helpful I think he's playing really well yeah, you know, but here's my thing. I I'll be shocked if if well, Amir is not going to play. Um, what's his name? Greg Monroe is going to be active, but I think he's going to be like a an emergency type guy. But what you but you are right. I mean, I, I think that you know uh, Jonah will get some may get some burn at the four, but I also think that's going to be an emergency thing. Cause, a thing. I think. What happened is the fact that James Ennis is down may help him a lot, you know what I mean, as far as getting playing time, because I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see Tobias moving from the four to the three on certain, in, in certain lineups. And then you can bring – instead of, like, having, you know, like Mike Scott paired in with Tobias on the backup, like, you in know, the backup unit – You know, you'll probably see Tobias at the three in certain lineups with Jonah, you know. But I'm I'm thinking that he's going to reduce his roster. I mean, shrink his rotation a little bit. So, yeah, they're getting these new guys, and they're putting them in all these different situations now. But it's hard to believe that they're going to go like 10 deep, 11 deep in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And when I keep seeing them doing this and the things that they're doing, you know, you get it. But sometimes you're saying to yourself, you got to remind yourself that, you know, Embiid's been hurt. James Ennis is hurt right now, you know, because you're saying to yourself like, dude, this is like a week left in the regular season. And you're bringing out these different lineups. Don't you know what you're going to do? You know what I mean? It's getting confusing. But then again, like I said, you have to remind yourself of the injuries but, you know, sometimes you can outthink yourself, but again you have to remind yourself of the injuries when you see it Yeah, I think with
0: Zanis Gene- being hurt, I, you know, you, you know better than I do, but, you know, it sounds like that's the same injury he had a couple weeks ago And um, you know, if he's not going to be ready for the playoffs, then you do have to prepare some things, and I know that he's talked about Zaire Smith possibly being a part of things uh, you know, back to your original Point, you know, with Jonah coming in along with Boban, Jonah plays the four. Then you've got another mismatch with Tobias at the three at, at his size and length, and, and this you know and and with a second unit, that's that's some that's some pretty good mismatches you're creating. Uh, although I'm not thinking that the way this team's set up, there's going to be a lot of second unit action in the playoffs. I've got to think that starting five is going to be playing about forty forty two minutes a piece. But if you need to go that way route I think it's a nice little option that he's playing with
1: exactly and that's what I think I think like Greg Monroe is going to basically be like hey we need somebody to hack somebody up I hate to say it but that's what I think you know what I mean I mean that, that's what I think He's, sick fouls. he's sick. <laughs> yeah he's gonna be six fouls you know what I mean six fouls and Amir is going to do what Amir does he's going to be like the the leader from the bench so to speak the guy that keeps the team together you know you just have to find out what you're going to do with TJ because, you know, uh, you know how many minutes are you going to play him because it just seems like Ben and, um, and Jimmy Butler are going to have the ball in their hands the most. So that's the one thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks going on. You know, now the thing is, but, you know, all of it's going to be contingent on how healthy Joel Embiid is, you know. And I think Monroe, as much as the Sixers are saying, oh, no, we, we like his leadership. Oh, no, we like the fact that he had playoff experience. Well, he's only played on two playoff teams, Boston Celtics last year and the Milwaukee Bucks before that. And with the Milwaukee Bucks, he didn't really get a lot of burn in the playoffs. And last year he, he played because they were blowing teams away and he had to come in, you know, get come in and get stuff like that. So, You know, when they say that, you know, and they're saying like, oh, you know, we like the leadership. Nah, you got five centers on the roster because one has to be an insurance policy. That's what it is. That's exactly what it Well,
0: is. I'll tell you what, if if the Sixers are in a situation where they need Greg Monroe, it's going to be a pretty short playoff run. But the fact is, if Embiid... You know, needs a little bit of rest, or gets into a little bit of foul trouble, or you know, hey, who knows? Maybe they'll want to play big if they end up playing Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, and and Boston's going with Horford and Baines, and you know, maybe it's a way the Sixers can match up. I doubt it, but you know, look, the one thing the guy has done is he's been on Toronto, Milwaukee, and Boston in the last two years, so maybe they get some intelligence out of it.
1: Man, he was on those teams all at the same on the, this year. You know that, right? He started. A, he started off with Toronto. All, all, all three this year. Yeah, he was with Toronto. <laughs> then he, he Toronto traded him to Brooklyn. Brooklyn waived him like right after they they received him, right? So then he signs a ten day with Boston, and then the Sixers pick him up when his ten day is up. You know what I mean? Like now, if I'm the Knicks, I'm saying, look, bruh, you couldn't show us any love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's up? <laughs> You don't want to come to New York? You don't want to come to Manhattan? You were in Brooklyn, you know, so that's that. But look, for the third segment, and I got a feeling this is going to be a good segment. Um, We're going to play general manager. We're going to play Elton Brand for a second. Elton Brand in his front office. So if you're the general manager, who do you bring back next year?
0: I know that there's so many you know the, the worst thing you can do is read is is what watch and read Twitter if you're uh, when the Sixers win or the Sixers lose so you have got to like stay away from that and form your own opinions so that's what I try to do although I, I do enjoy uh, getting on Twitter and reading you and and some others but um, you know for me I think it's a rare opportunity to have Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons I want to bring them all back Back. I think you've got to figure out a way to make it work. You've got a whole summer, whatever this playoff run leads to. Talent wins the wins the day. And look, you went into this thing star hunting last year and you came up empty. And now you've got a talent like Jimmy Butler, you've got a talent like Tobias Harris. I want I want those guys back. I want to bring back Mike Scott. I like his toughness and basically nobody else that <laughs> That's on that bench, um, you know. I think we'll have Zaire Smith. I think we'll have uh, Shake Milton. Um, I don't know if TJ McConnell gets another run. To be honest with you, like to, I'd like to get a point guard, a true point guard that could come in and spell Simmons next year, whether it's in the draft or or in free agency. It's not going to be an expensive one, but a serviceable pro point guard. And as much as uh, I'm a fan of TJ McConnell, I think he's going to need to get paid a little this year and I'm not sure you can allocate those resources when you've got to pay Tobias and Jimmy so for me I'm bringing them all back how about you?
1: Yeah I'm with you now but the biggest question is like but are they going to want to come back I mean honestly are they going to want to come back I mean you look at Tobias and Tobias says all the right things and and Jimmy stops speaking you know what I mean (laughs) saying stuff but I mean my thing is when you look at their statistics their stats are no different from Dario Saric And Robert Covington Now again I know like when Joel's not there Their their statistics will go up But when Joel's around Their statistics are very Comparable to Robert Covington's and Dario's Because they can get lost At times Because they don't really run plays for him Especially not for Tobias You know and so Tobias Has to really think Long and hard like Okay, if they offer me the five-year max, that's going to be $188 million over five years. Do I take that or do I go elsewhere? Because I'm, Brooklyn's going to throw some money at and There's going to be some other teams that are going to do that. And as long as he stays with the Sixers, yeah, they may win a championship. But he's not going to be the focal point. He's not. And the same thing with Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's, you know, 29 years old right now. You know, I mean, let's face it. Right now on this team, they are, well, Jimmy, it changes a little bit in the fourth quarter. But they are anywhere on on any given night, they're anywhere from the third option to the fifth option. And in today's NBA, a lot of guys talk about how they want to win a championship because it sounds right, sounds nice. But they also want to be an all-star. They also want to. They they also want to have the ball in their hands at all times, right? So they're going to have to ask themselves because I believe that the Lakers are going to throw money at 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 Jimmy. Um, other teams will too, maybe New York stuff like that. But I also think that teams are going to throw money at JJ Redick. I believe the Knicks are going to go after JJ Redick, especially if they can get the guys that they think they can get. If they can get a Kyrie if they could get a Kevin Durant, if they get um you know the first overall pick and get Zion, you're going to need someone to stretch the floor. So, you know, my thing is it's like these guys just have to decide do they want to take these lesser roles but make more money and help the Sixers win?
0: My fear about Tobias when the Sixers acquired him was he was one of those guys that puts up stats on bad teams and you know I think at times you've seen that but you know I, I really like him and I really think he's very very talented and I think that if he left the Sixers and went to a lesser team because he would get the stats then it would be very hard to overcome that reputation. I think Tobias could be a winning player on a, on a good team and I think he's showing that and I think there's a chance said he could really be to the Sixers making a pretty long run, and if they do, I've got to think he'd be pretty happy. He's been on how many teams? Five in the last six years? he's like 16. Um, is it yeah. four or five? It's 16. more than that. Yeah, 16. Yeah. come in talking about loyalty, and if the Sixers offer him a max contract, he says, I want to go somewhere and put up stats. Then I don't think that helps his image, which I know he's, he's very conscious of. As far as Jimmy Butler goes, I mean, he's a wild card. I have no idea what he wants to do or or is thinking uh, is very, very hard to to follow. Um, You know, if you listen to to what he says, you know, if if that's important to you to listen to what he says, because it it might not always be what he means, it's, hey, I just want to win. And, you know, if he's getting the ball in the fourth quarter and they've established a role and he is... A focal point in the playoffs and scoring game-winning baskets and um, leading them down the stretch, and, and you know he gets a max deal. He's still averaging about the same amount of points as he has been. You know, as his career numbers, it, it really has kind of matched up. Uh, I kind of think that 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 they have a pretty good story to keep him. JJ Redick is a tough one. Uh, you know, he he signed that monster deal to. Years ago, and then took more of a team-friendly deal this year. I guess he's going to be in that situation that he was in last year, where he's got to wait around and see what they do because they're going to make Harris and Butler the priorities, I assume. And then they've got to see how much money they have left. And if somebody outbids them for Reddick, you know he's going to be 35. And I think you know somebody like that is 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 talented. And I think you know I don't know if he gets the appreciation he deserves in Philadelphia, but I do think he's more.
1: Placeable than the other two. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. So it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a lot to, you know, think about and, and we'll have a better idea of how these guys I mean they're thinking and, and what the franchise is thinking is, you know, in about a week or so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like once the playoffs begin yeah. because you know, we'll see what type of roles they have, we'll see, you know, if guys are pouting, if guys are upset. <clears throat> or if guys are saying, hey, I love Philly. Because you think about when they first, both of them first came here, talking about Tobias and Jimmy, it was a love affair immediately. People fell in love with them, And then they went in swamps, And then, or, or they didn't get the ball. And the people who were just, you know, not realizing that they're not getting the ball, they just saw that they didn't have good numbers. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh. What happened? Why are they so passive? You know what I mean. So it's like it's been a roller coaster for them, and we'll find out a lot more on how they're going to be used in the playoffs. And you know, you know, I, I I I'm not one of those guys who thinks that I get it. That certain guys always say that, hey, I need to get the five year max. Although it's great to say that. And it maybe might be more beneficial for a guy like Jimmy because he's, you know, because he's older. Um, You know, it would be nice for Tobias to have. But I feel like if somebody had a great offer for him, you know what I mean, and maxed him out for four years or three years or something like that with him only being 26 years old, I think that he may take it. You know what I mean? If this isn't the right fit for him, if he feels that way.
0: Let me ask you this. If they're in a situation where they have to choose one or the other, who do you want back?
1: You know, I don't that's a tough one. I mean I think I think you gotta you know, a lot of people will say I mean some people will say, Oh, well they got to buy it so they can get rid of Jimmy. They were saying that early on, you know. Right. I think that a lot of it's gonna come down to the playoffs, man. Because as much as the regular season is good for them to say, Hey, we won fifty wins two years in a row, fifty plus you know, They're going to be defined on what happens in the postseason. They are, you know, like whoever shows up, whoever comes to play. And I think that's what we'll find out. Like, you know, right now, some people will say, go with Tobias, go with Tobias. But if Tobias goes out there and struggles and Jimmy is out there winning games, then the same people are going to say, go with Jimmy, go with Jimmy. You know what I mean? So. You know, I'm not trying to take the easy way out, but it it honestly is a wait-and-see type of thing. They gave up a lot of assets to get both those guys. And, you know, a first-round exit
0: and, you know, those two walking really just starts to, dare I say, the process over again almost. I mean, you still have Embiid and Simmons, but, you know, you really don't have a ton of assets. Oh, speaking of assets... This, uh, the fact that Orlando made the playoffs, does that not make the Markel Fultz trade turn into a first round pick? I mean, I got to look it up. Yeah. I, mean, I, gotta I guess we got to figure up. that yeah. out. But yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: but there's a I lot of different up, teams. Protected, right? Yeah, it's a lot of different teams, though. Like, I mean, it's a lot of different scenarios. I mean, but, you know, yeah, it, it could mess them up. It could mess them up. But. Um, I, that's something yeah it's gonna be close yeah it's gonna be close and what we'll do is we'll dissect it for the next time and we'll I mean well, I'll look it up and get, get the uh, get get the numbers and get the figures and we'll talk about that next time but look bruh, let's get off of here it was good talking to you I'm gonna go out and enjoy the rest of my lazy day and uh why you have to go to work today that's <laughs> right <laughs> so I'm on my way to New York All right, well, have fun, man. Have fun. All right, hey, hey, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank my man Mike for coming on. And uh, hopefully Mike will be back on later on this week so we can talk about the 76ers. All right, Mike. Peace.